0: Welcome to the True True Condos Podcast Podcast. with Andrew LaFleur, the place to get the truth on the Toronto condo market and condo investing in Toronto. Now, it may surprise you, but I am not an economist. That's right. My confession, Andrew LaFleur here on the podcast for everyone here. I am not an economist. However, I am a real estate investor. And if you're listening to this show, you're probably a real estate investor too. And it's important as real estate investors, even though we are not economists, most of us, we do need to understand how the economy works and we need to understand what's happening in the economy, both uh, here in Canada and locally here in Toronto, as well as the global economy and how these, effect, these factors and issues and events that are happening will uh, eventually affect us here in the local real estate market that we're investing in. Now, with that in mind, uh, even though I'm not an economist, as as I mentioned, I'm very um, excited to be able to be interviewing today on the show one of the best economists in Canada, and that is Benjamin Tao. Benjamin Tao is the Deputy Chief Economist at CIBC World Markets. He was recently described as one of Canada's leading experts on the real estate market by the IMF, International Monetary Fund. And Mr. Tao is a regular commentator on financial and economic trends in the Canadian and American print and electronic media. So you've probably seen or heard uh, Benjamin Tao speak before on the news or, you know, uh, on BNN or CNBC or wh- whatever it might be, speaking about the Canadian economy. And uh, I've heard him speak personally a number of times uh, about real estate market in particular. You find him to be a very, very interesting speaker um, and thinker on the uh, subject of uh, Canadian real estate and the economy as a whole. So very excited to be talking to Benjamin today. On today's interview, we talked about the USA economy, what's happening south of the border. Uh, we talked about the Canadian jobs report, which is a report that um, he was the author of and recently put out about what's happening in Canadian job market. And we talked about what's happening, of course, uh, here in the Toronto high-rise and condominium market And you may be surprised at his take on the recent trend of, um, instead of high-rises, instead of becoming condos, they're becoming rental buildings, purpose-built rentals, and big institutional investors are looking at getting into the rental game once again, uh, particularly in the downtown core of Toronto. And so you may be very surprised at his take on that, so listen for that. And for all the show notes on today's episode and links to everything that we talked about, you can go to truecondos.com slash benjamin and uh, if you type that in you'll pull up the show notes for this episode so without any further delay let's get to my interview with benjamin Tao, deputy chief economist of cibc world markets here we go welcome to the True true condos podcast with andrew lafleur the place to get the truth on the toronto condo market and condo investing in toronto it's my pleasure to welcome to the show Benjamin Tell. Benjamin is the Deputy Chief Economist of CIBC World Markets. Benjamin, welcome to the show. Thank you. Um, Benjamin, why don't we start with the global economy? We'll start there and we'll sort of work our way down to the Toronto condo market. Um, what, uh, what are you sort of seeing in the, how would you describe the global economy right now in terms of USA, China, Europe? What, uh, what are you focused on?
1: Yes, I think that if you look at the overall situation, we have really a tale of two economies. We have the U.S. and we have the rest, and the rest is uh, still slowing. You know, you have uh, China struggling, the eurozone is not doing great. Uh, The only um, thing that is really moving is the U.S. economy that is still relatively um, strong. Now, going to some of the pockets of uncertainty, especially the eurozone, and China, we know that those are not uh, normally functioning economies, but at the same time, we do know that uh, the authorities there are doing whatever they can uh, to stimulate the economy. You look at the quantitative easing in the eurozone, deposit rates are negative. The euro itself is going down and down. That's a huge positive, add to it lower energy prices, and you will see actually the euro economy uh, probably improving in the second half of the year. And one of the reasons why um, the stock market in uh, the zone is actually improving is because of the fact that uh, people are expecting the eurozone to start uh, showing some signs of life because of all those um, factors that are stimulating it. In China, again, uh, China is slowing down. There is no question about it. Uh, but it's a very different story in China because they have a government that can control the economy. Get They can tell banks to start lending or stop lending. And that's exactly what they are doing now. They're trying to stimulate the economy. And I think they will be able to do so, namely reach uh, the promised land of a soft lending, let's say 7% or so GDP growth, which is uh, good enough for them at this point. So again, slowing, but uh, doing something about it. That's the rest of the world. The U.S. is clearly moving in the right direction, and they have been creating jobs at about 250K a month. That's uh, significant. This uh, eventually will be translated into increased consumer spending. And yes. uh, The global economy is slowing, but in many ways, the U.S. economy is an island, given the fact that 90 or almost 90 percent of its economy is basically the domestic economy, so they are not as exposed to the global economy as, uh, for example, Canada. So the U.S. probably will be able to maintain 2.5 to 3 percent GDP growth, uh, relying on uh, the domestic economy there in general and the consumer in particular.
0: Do you think if the United States economy continues to move in this direction, do you think ultimately it will, in a sense, save us all?
1: Uh, Well, that's the hope. Uh, (laughs) But uh, I don't know (laughs) what it means to save uh, us all. I think that uh, clearly that's not enough. You need help. And the help is coming from uh, fiscal policy, monetary policy, from the European Central Bank uh, and from uh, the Chinese authorities. So clearly the U.S. economy is improving. Will help everybody, including Canada, but it's not sufficient. You need a little bit of stimulus, especially in places like the Eurozone and um, China. And the most important vehicle is actually the currency. We are in the midst of a currency war. The U.S. dollar is going up, all the rest are going down, and that's basically something that is going to restructure overall economic growth over the next two to three years. Basically, cheaper currencies in the Eurozone, even China probably will let its currency going down, and we all know what's happening to the Canadian currency.
0: Right. Speaking of Canada, let's let's get into the Canadian economy. Specifically, um, maybe we could talk about your quality of jobs report that... um... That you came out with recently what were some of the highlights from that report and the findings there
1: yes i think that uh, the overall situation in canada is very different than in the u.s in many ways Uh, first of all uh, we are much more sensitive to the decline in oil prices but again this sensitivity is a function of depends where you live you know Clearly, uh, most of the impact is in in Alberta to an extent, Saskatchewan, but places like uh, Ontario, uh, British Columbia, Quebec actually will benefit from that. 85% of Canadians are actually going to benefit from lower oil prices vis-à-vis the decline in gasoline prices. It's basically almost a 10% tax cut on everybody. So this is not insignificant, and we are going to see it, I think, in the next uh, few months. Um, The job market, as you mentioned, is uh, slowing down. We are creating about 10,000 new jobs as opposed to 20, 25 in previous years. So clearly it's slowing. But also the quality of employment is slowing a little bit. Basically, the nature of employment is different. We are creating more part-time, more self-employment, and even those that are uh, fully uh, employed, uh, their uh, wages are not rising quickly. So we have a situation in which um, the labor market is not as strong as the headline uh, uh, numbers suggest, which is uh, okay, but it means that interest rates in Canada will not be rising anytime soon. As you know, the Bank of Canada actually cut interest rates. That was a big surprise. Uh, There are some speculations that they will cut again. I'm not sure about that, but um, clearly interest rates in Canada are not rising anytime soon.
0: Um, let's talk about the income gap. One of the things in your report, income gap seems to be widening uh, between the higher-end jobs and the lower-end jobs. Are we in danger of sort of moving towards a almost like a caste system in in, uh, in North America?
1: Well, what we are seeing, we're seeing a situation in which wages are rising much faster for high-paying um jobs and the question is why and the answer is that uh, their bargaining power is much stronger we have a situation in which uh, the bargaining power of um, low to um, (coughs) mid-range income has been deteriorating and therefore their wages are not rising as fast as uh, in high-paying jobs where uh, there is a A little bit of shortage in in terms of uh, the people that we need we simply cannot find them and therefore they can see their wages rising that's of course uh, leading it's leading to some widening in the income gap in canada which i don't think is a good thing Uh, there is a mismatch in the labor market i believe between uh, you know you have jobs without people and people without jobs And that's something that uh, I think we have to tackle. It's uh, not a monetary policy issue. It's much more than that. It's uh, really policies that have to do with education, with, um, with immigration, and many other dimensions. So, again, the labor market and what's happening there is clearly impacting the income distribution in this country.
0: What's happening with self-employment? Are people turning to to self-employment and and is entrepreneurialism on the rise because the labor market is bad? Like, is it a good thing or a bad thing? What what, what do you see there?
1: That's a a good question. Uh, We see many young Canadians uh, starting their own business, and many of them probably were forced into it. Basically, they have no choice. Uh, What's interesting is that uh, we haven't seen any uh, difference in the likelihood of success. Uh, Regardless if you were forced into self-employment or if you chose to be self-employed, those uh, decisions really did not impact your likelihood of success, historically speaking, and therefore I'm not too concerned about the fact that too many are uh, being forced into self employment because eventually they will do well. I do believe that self employment will be a major, major factor impacting the Canadian labor market and the Canadian economy in general over the next um, decade because I think it's going to be the fastest growing segment of the labor market.
0: Interesting. Um, how do we, what, what sort of factors do you? track or do you look at with respect to the housing market when you start to boil it down to the housing market in Canada, what uh, what are the key numbers that you're tracking, that you're looking at, maybe that you're concerned about right now with housing or that you're not concerned about, maybe about some things that other people seem
1: to be concerned about? Yes, uh, that's a good question. When it comes to the housing market, it's a very complicated uh, market, you know. I was in a meeting recently, people asked me to make a short comment regarding the housing market in Canada, and I said that the only short comment that I can make is that I cannot make a short comment or a brief comment uh, on housing because it's a very, very complex issue. It's multidimensional. As you know, there is no such thing as a housing market in Canada. Toronto is very different than Calgary, and Calgary is very different than Vancouver. And therefore, talking about the housing market uh, in general terms is – almost meaningless in my opinion. Therefore, you have to go deeper. You have to go Toronto versus Vancouver versus Montreal, and then within each city, you have to go low-rise versus high-rise, and within the high-rise, you have to look at rent versus not rent. It's a very complex market, and it's not just something that will uh, change quickly.
0: I do okay. believe
1: that uh, we have major issues in this uh, country regarding good information. We don't have enough good information on real estate, and that's something that I believe we must, must fix. I know that uh, many good people are working on it now, trying to improve the quality of information that we received when we researched the housing market, because in many ways we are flying blind here. Having said all that, uh, when you really want to understand the market, you must really look at macro numbers, but you also have to speak to people in the field. You have to speak to developers. You have to get a sense of their uh, motivation. You have to look at renters. You have to look at uh, investors and why they're investing and what the, you know, the rate that they're using. So you have to really go deep in order to get a better sense of what's happening, and to me, the picture that is emerging, especially in places like Toronto and Vancouver, which is basically really the housing market today, because if you take Vancouver and Toronto out of the equation, you have a housing market that is already slowing in a soft-landing fashion. Uh, The rest, uh, basically Ontario, uh, uh, Toronto and uh, Vancouver, are still relatively strong, and the question is why, and the answer is that uh, we still have uh, seen this mismatch between supply of low-rise and what people need and that's why the high-rise in uh, those cities is still extremely strong. But within the high-rise, I believe that we're starting to see some excess supply uh, in terms of investment, and the rental market is definitely a major issue. And I believe that when interest rates start rising, we are going to see some uh, pressure there. Namely, there will be excess uh, supply in the resale market, as many of those investors will rethink their investment um, philosophy given a change in the cap rate. So I do believe that those markets will be tested. But uh, what's uh, really changing now is that the condo market until now was the rental market and vice versa, and we know that this is changing. You know, uh, condo builders are starting to see sales slowing down, and basically we're starting to see more and more per- purpose build uh, activity, with institutional investors being a big player here. To me, that's the future of real estate in Toronto and Vancouver over the next five to ten years. You will see much more, um, um, you know, f- purpose build, which is. Uh, almost the opposite of what we've seen over the past decade
0: and a half. Right. Now those major institutional investors who are uh, putting their money into these uh, purpose-built rentals, is that not a sign that the future is very bright for the high rise market? Uh,
1: that's definitely going to introduce a sense of stability. They are not uh, nervous investors watching uh, cap rate uh, every day. They are basically people that are there for the long term. Yeah. And they know the market, they have the pockets to absorb uh, some changes. They will not get into it uh, for just a year or two. They are there to stay. I totally uh, agree that this will introduce a sense of stability, and I think it's a very, very, very uh, encouraging sign, and I will welcome this sign because I believe that uh, when you have a bunch of uh, individual investors, uh, they can change their mind tomorrow based on uh newspaper headlines while institutional investors will not do that so to me that's a very very positive uh, uh, development we have to remember that this is coming there is there is some logic to this madness the logic is affordability we are in an affordability crisis here young people cannot afford houses we all know that the condo market really introduced a sense of affordability into it and that's why i believe that the condo market uh, is um, is a stabilizing force as opposed to a destabilizing force uh, in this uh, context. Uh, but I think that uh, another dimension of uh, a market that is unaffordable is the increased rental activity and I'm much uh, happier to see um, institutional investors entering this space as opposed to uh, individuals.
0: Right. You mentioned uh, one final question. You mentioned the uh, lack of information um, in the housing market being an issue as you've done your own research, uh, and findings into the condo market over the past few years, have, has your position on any particular, uh, aspect of the condominium market changed? Has, Has, has there something that you used to be concerned about that you're no longer concerned about because you've done your own research or vice versa, something you, you were not concerned about, but now you are because you've got your own research on it.
1: Yes, first of all, I'm not as concerned as many are about excess supply of new units. I think that we are not going crazy here. I think that if you look at all the cranes in Toronto and Vancouver and you add them up and you basically try to look at it against demand, this is not in the sky at all. Uh, But what I do believe is that the rental market, especially investors, they are extremely sensitive to the cap rate, and uh, even a modest increase in interest rates can change their their appetite, and you can see some excess uh, supply in the resale market. To me, that's the most significant um, challenge facing the condo market over the next five years.
0: Great. Benjamin, thank you very much for your time today. I really appreciate it. Um,
1: Sorry it took so long. It's it's just a crazy, crazy period.
0: No problem. Uh, It's great to have you on the show, and hopefully we can have you on again in the future.
1: Absolutely. Good luck. Thank you.
0: Great. Thank you, Benjamin. Okay, there you have it. That was my interview with Benjamin Tal. I hope you enjoyed that interview. I thought it was great to hear what he had to say. I think overall you could characterize his commentary, um, his feelings on the local and global economy is as, as being quite good um certainly nothing no doom and gloom sort of storylines or anything like that to be uh concerned about right now which is always a good thing at the same time not uh, he's not anticipating any you know major times of uh boom times you know on the on the doorstep or anything like that um, so you know, again, it's it's a great time to be a real estate investor. It's a great time to be buying real estate for the long term. Interest rates are at historic lows. Um, rental rates will only continue to rise over time, and the population of uh, the GTA is is only going up and up and up. And all these people are going to need a place to live. And so, if you're buying now and holding for the long term, you're taking advantage of all those factors. And I thought it was uh, especially interesting, of course, what he was saying about the uh, fact that he sees the um, institutional investors coming in and building purpose-built rentals as a major stabilizing force. This is a very positive thing in his perspective uh, as to the overall condo market, as to the overall high-rise residential market in the GTA, um, so again, it's nothing to be afraid of. It's nothing to fear. It's nothing to, um, you know, there's nothing bad to take from this, this trend. Uh, in fact, it's, you know, if you are buying condominiums, um, what's going to happen in, in the next few years, I believe is that the supply is going to start to go down. There'll be fewer and fewer condos being built, uh, especially in downtown core as fewer and fewer sites are available to develop. and so. Again, it goes to supply and demand issue. If um, there are fewer condos being built and you're one of the investors who are purchasing the ones that are being built, then um, you're operating in a, in a world where supply is decreasing, then prices, rental prices will um, likely go up and uh, resale prices will likely go up as well. So there you have it. That's uh, today's episode. hope you enjoyed that. Hopefully we can um, get more uh, people of Ben's caliber on the show, other economists and things to talk about uh, these sorts of issues. always appreciate your feedback. Feel free to send me an email, um, send me a tweet, uh, hit me up on text, whatever it may be. Andrew at truecondos.com is my email. Twitter, you can follow me at Andrew LaFleur. Uh, If you want to send me a text or call me, you can reach me at 416-371-2333. Thank you very much for listening, and have a great week. Thanks for listening to the True Condos podcast. Remember, your positive reviews make a big difference to the show. To learn more about condo investing, become a
1: True Condos subscriber by visiting truecondos.com.